This is Jocko Podcast number 32 with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. And since Jocko Podcast number 31 went long with the very heavy and dark book, we decided to end that one and not do any Q&A which means that today we have 100% Q&A for the troops. And obviously this comes from, the questions come from you all that are listening, um, mostly on Twitter and on Facebook is where I get these questions from. So thanks to everyone for submitting these questions so that we can answer them for you. Echo, good evening. Good evening. All right. First question. Uh, I want to say I, I like this first question a lot. It's a good question. Yeah. Anyway. Echo approves of the first question. <laughs> I approve most questions for sure. Uh, okay. First question. How does one who grew up in the ghetto, quote unquote, involved with gangs, drugs, witnessing murders, and all that good stuff, overcome that mentality where you, your guard is always up? Coming from a family of immigrants and growing up really poor, we had to make a lot of sacrifices, and as I get older, I feel that in some of these ways, um, in some ways, this affects my daily life. I'm proud of my beginnings, and I cherish my mistakes, but still, even in my senior year in college, I feel some resentment towards these privileged kids who seem like they have it all. I really find it hard to get along with them, because in a way, I see them as weak, because they haven't suffered through hard times or have, have to struggle as a minority. What should I do to learn to love them and respect them as equals? Yeah, that is that is a good question. I definitely have seen uh, seen that seen people go through that mentality. Yeah, where they're they're having that attitude. And I'll tell you, uh, when I was a kid, I actually I had a girlfriend when I was a kid. This this girl and we know and her friend was my friend as well. So we were all kind of friends. And one of the girls, one of the things that she said, which I thought was brilliant, and she said, uh, everybody has a hard luck story. Mm -hmm. Like, like no matter, you go and talk to somebody, they had their struggle that they went to, went through. And, you know, whether it was divorce, whether it was abuse, whether it was money struggles, whether there was fighting in the house, whether it was jail, whether there was drugs, whether it was alcoholic or workaholic or whatever, whatever situation you've been in everybody's got a hard luck story or something that challenged them and it might not be really obvious on the surface i mean you know for instance this question here the the fact the way that the question is phrased you can hear he's talking about the the things that we you know he said family of immigrants growing up really poor we had to make a lot of sacrifices mm-hmm. right so right there right there you can see that he's got a certain amount of familial pride. Mm -hmm. And he's talking about his family as we and a group of being together. And, you know, that might not be money. That might not be expensive clothes, but that's an incredibly powerful thing. It's you're incredibly lucky to have that. Now you tell me who's, who's more, who has a tougher challenge. The person that grows up in a tight knit family where everyone sticks together and everyone makes sacrifices together or the kid who grows up 
whose dad makes a ton of money, dad's never home. Dad chooses, literally chooses work over the family. And how does that affect the kid's personality? You know, I mean, the kids, kids can come from any background and end up in really tough situations with drugs, alcohol, addiction, whatever that came from really good circumstances or really bad circumstances. It doesn't even matter. You can come from both. So, so that's part one. Part one is like, you know, you don't know what kind of struggles other people have been through. They might have been, they might have, they might be a a 22 year old senior in college driving a BMW that has more demons in their life than you do. So it's, it's a little bit arrogant to walk around and think that your demons are worse than anybody else's demons. You just don't, you just don't know what their demons are. Now, on top of that, if you just want to look at like the privileged, the monetary side of it, I, I promise you that despite the fact that you grew up in a ghetto and you had, your family had to make sacrifices, there are people that you're the privileged kid because you get some kid that grew up in South America or some kid that grew up in Africa that, you know, you think you had it tough. They didn't have a house. They, they got, you know, uh, political strife in their city they watch their parents get killed whatever so you're a privileged person to somebody else so let's keep that in mind as well and once again you don't know what that looks like you don't know what kind of struggles people have been through so let's just try and i'll use the term judge let's try and judge people not on what they are but on who they are as a person and, you know, for me, you, you know, you talked about the, the minority thing it, it, to me, I don't care about race, color, creed, none of that stuff matters to me. I don't care about socioeconomic background. None of that stuff matters to me. I don't judge you on that. You know why? Because in the military, in the SEAL teams, the, the, the good SEALs came from every background, every one of those backgrounds, the bad SEALs came from every one of those backgrounds there was there was kids that grew up rich with a silver spoon in their mouth they were awesome seals there were kids that grew up in the ghetto and their parents were gangbangers awesome seals same as reverse is true there was kids that grew up with a silver spoon in their mouth and went to a private school and they were horrible seals and there was kids that grew up gangbangers and they were horrible seals so it doesn't matter what matters is not what you are it's who you are as a person so i yeah, I'm I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to judge. And in fact, if there's if I was get to name some negative traits that do bother me, it's one of them would be judging people based on, you know, stereotypes, be judging people, judging the book by its cover. If you're doing that, that's a negative. You know, that is a weakness. So so just check yourself and realize that you don't know what people's backgrounds are. You don't know what goes on behind closed doors. You don't know what tough situation people have been through and judge them not based on that stuff just judge them on who they are as a person yeah yeah fully and and i think this kind of helps you know how let's say like um let's say you're in a boat right like a rowboat Mm -hmm. and you're all trying to get upstream and you have all different kinds of people and then you have you have weaker people and you have stronger people and the strong person whether it's by his choice or not, he's strong. He can, you know, he's been working out. I don't know. He's in shape. He can row a lot. So he went through all this sacrifice, but at the end, he's a stronger person. So you can look at it in a way where you now have the power. 
So be responsible with your power, like to help. So you have to, it's like you have a bigger burden, but you have to embrace that, not burden, but you have a bigger workload because you're more prepared for it in life. Yeah. And, and actually speaking of that, so now that means that you have the power to, to give people knowledge and perspective on what you've been through. And that's important. Now there's two ways to do that. We talk about this all the time. If I go up to you, Echo, and I say, Hey, you don't know what you're doing. Let me show you the correct way to film this. Let me show you the correct way to use this microphone. Mm-hmm. Right? You, how would you feel about that? I don't know if I would like that. You no, know, no, of course you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. If I came up to you and said, "Listen, you don't know what it's like to struggle," are you going to be are you going to be open to hear what I'm about to say? Yeah. No, no, you're not. No one is. Yeah. No one is. But if I said, "Hey, man, it's really good to meet you." Oh, and then we start to develop a relationship. But I, you know, it's one thing that we got to remember is what it's like for maybe some people. You know, when I was growing up, I had to deal with this. Oh, okay. Now your mind is open to it. You start learning. You start growing yourself. So by not being arrogant and by being humble and thinking that you have, you may have been through worse things from, than me or whatever the case may be, we're, we're actually going to make each other better. Mm-hmm. And that's the goal here. Yeah. So you just got to stay humble on these things and, and it'll, be, it'll, it'll work out better for you in the end. It will absolutely work out better for you in the end. Judge people by the content of their character, I believe, is a uh, a way of putting it that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> yep. Next question. Jocko and Echo. How do you guys feel about the Ensign Inouye situation? Demoting yourself after time off the mat. Mm. So this was a pretty interesting question. And it's there's a guy named Ensign Inouye. And he's a... He's a Old school jujitsu guy, old school MMA guy, and he's a black belt in jujitsu. But he fought in UFC, he fought in Pride. He was the Shudo champion. He's just a just a, a really old school kind of OG from Hawaii, by the way. from Hawaii, and just a just a really well respected guy as a fighter mm-hmm. and a guy that you know his he 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 kind of had that warrior ethos that people talk about, you know, where he would say, look, I'm, I'm, I would rather die in this fight than lose. And and he meant it. Mm-hmm. And so he's been, but he moved to Japan. He's of Japanese heritage and he moved to Japan a long time ago. I mean, I want to say 10 or maybe 15, maybe even longer. Yeah. I think longer. Yeah. I'm a, not sure. a long time ago, he moved back to Japan. He's, he's, uh, you know, that's where he's kind of built his life is in Japan. And along the way, I think his last fight was maybe maybe eight to ten years ago was his last fight. And since then, you know, there was the, the horrible earthquake and the tsunami in Japan. And he did work as sort of a as sort of a charity to raise money and help out those victims. So that's what he's been focused on and he's been focused on, I guess his family and whatever else. But in that time, he, he, he strayed off the mats of justice. <laughs> he stopped the training and, and so, you know, he, he had other things going on in his life and he stopped training. I don't recommend anybody stop training. And, um, but for whatever reason he, he stopped training and he stopped training. And I, I saw a little interview with him as he was talking about this. He stopped training for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years of no, and he, he said no training. He just was stopped training. 
And now, you know, he's because he's a jujitsu guy. Eventually, jujitsu gets back in your brain, and he started getting back on the mats. And when he got back on the mats, he felt that he didn't deserve to be a black belt anymore. And it wasn't just because he was his timing was off or he was out of condition. He felt like jujitsu had had changed. And he's right. In the last 10 years, jujitsu has changed a lot. And you know what? Yesterday, jujitsu changed a lot. And the day before, I mean, jujitsu changes every day. Every day it changes. I'm, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, Dean will come up with some new thing. Dean's very, very good at coming up with new things. And he comes up with a new thing, like something I, I, neither one of us had thought of. He probably does that once or twice a month. He comes up with this new thing. I might do it once every three to six months, maybe, where I go, oh, okay, I thought of something new, and I'm all excited. And Dean goes, well, no, just put your hips over there, and then I'll be. So it's, it's just one of those things that it changes. Mm-hmm. And so Anson got on the mat again and said, oh, I don't, I don't think I deserve to be a black belt right now. And so he demoted himself back to the purple belchy. And it, so people so the question is how do I feel about it? Oh, and by the way, since this question got asked, he actually re-promoted himself back to black belch. Right. So, and it, how did that go down? That was John he talked to his 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 instructor that gave him the black belt, right? John Lewis. From what I understand, I didn't read as much into that part of it. Mm-hmm. I was I was mainly just reading other people's um takes on it, mm-hmm. you know, like their reaction. But Which uh, you didn't go to the source material? <laughs> Always no, go to the source about, material. About the concept more Always so. Always go to the source material. About the concept. Anyway, uh, I'm, not, I'm not. But he had a conversation with John Lewis. Mm. And John Lewis said what? What was the overall, do you know what he said? Mm-mm. Well, whatever he said, I, I did go to the source material. There you go. And But I don't want to quote it exactly. Mm-hmm. But John Lewis basically said, look, you deserved a black belt. Oh, and you know what he said? He said, look, Someone that's a doctor that became a doctor and then that's not practicing, but then they want to get back in the field, they don't not become a doctor. They just go and learn the new techniques and get refreshed. Mm -hmm. They don't have to take their doctor tag off their door. And he said, you're a doctor of jujitsu. You just got to get refreshed with the new techniques and get back into it. Mm -hmm. And Ensign said, okay. You know, he he agreed with it and he promoted himself back to black belt. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I, again, I think from my from my perspective, um, I, I say good for him. I think both those actions I agree with. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually pretty cool that he demoted himself right. and and said, you know what, I don't, I don't, I haven't been in the game. I got out of the game, and I don't deserve to be a black belt right now. So I'm not gonna put, I'm not gonna put it on. I'm disgracing the black belt. But I also see the mind flip of, hey, you know what, I fought and trained for a giant portion of my life and I have innate knowledge that got me the black belt and now I need to get back in the game but I'm still a black belt. I I I really respect Ensign. I think he's a I think he's a guy with a lot of heart and pride and I respect his decision. I think it's pretty simple from my perspective. Yep. Yeah, it, that was, man it's one of those things where when you hear someone make a good point about one side of, of the whole deal, 
you're like, oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and then you see someone else making – when I saw it, I was like, dang, that is good. He That is so humble, and he and he's really keeping it real. He's like, I'm mm-hmm. not a black belt. I'm going to – I think I'm a purple belt. There, Here's where I am. And then um, Chris Howder, who's uh, – mm-hmm. he's, you know, one of the original OG, OG guys. Yeah. And, bro, that guy is smart. Um, he he said essentially kind of the same thing as, as John Lewis. Where, what did he say? It's kind of the same thing where you you know jujitsu changes. Jujitsu can be changing whether you're doing it or not. Yeah. And you earned it. You're the black belt. You know your instructors. Um. You know recognize you as a black belt. You are a black belt regardless. And just because you jump back on the wave of jujitsu and maybe weren't as good as at surfing, you know you're still you're still that that black belt. Um. You just gotta like how you said you just gotta get refreshed with all the new techniques mm-hmm. if you want to you know be up to. Speed. And he said it way more eloquently than yeah. that, obviously, but. Man, read, reading now, it's like, dang, he's right, man. But but he did say that it's like it's kind of like false humility, which um, I, I dig pretty much everything Chris Hutter has to say about jiu-jitsu, but I couldn't really get there as far as me feeling that it was false in any way. Nah, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think so either. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel that. Um, you know, whether or not I understood exactly what, what Chris was saying. Yeah, I guess I could see what he's saying where he could come to that conclusion a little bit but right. i don't i don't agree with that piece of it i don't because to me it's actually hey look guys i don't think there's anything false about saying hey i am not good enough to be a black belt right now so therefore i'm putting on i think i'm about purple belt level i know what it feels like to be a black belt and i don't feel like one right now yeah i think that makes sense yeah so, i mean it does to me too and and but ultimately i think it's it's however you and I think your instructors have a lot to do with it as well. How however you want to see it, you know. I mean, I because there is a lot to be said for someone who will do that. Because a lot of guys they get their black belt and they're gone. Yeah. And they'll be like, hey, and some guys do it if they get their brown belt. Yeah, like, brown belt. I'm gone. I'm a brown belt. Cool. It does happen sometimes, it. but it shouldn't happen at all. What guys get their black belt and then stop training? Right. I know a few guys like that. But, you know, so it's like, hey, Don't I got my that. black belt. And I'm not saying they chose to the, do the that thing the that's, time, Yeah, but. the thing that's weird about that, the thing that makes that surprising is that it, it takes a lot of dedication to get your black belt. And right. the only way you can have that much dedication is if you actually enjoy training jujitsu. Right. And if you don't enjoy training jujitsu, then if you go get your black belt, why would you stop training? That doesn't make sense to me. It's kind of like the, the, the fact that people talk about going through SEAL training right. and they say, oh, do you really – if some, if you just – if you – they think if you you can make it through if you don't want to make it through. If you right. don't truly want to make it through, then guess what? You're you're probably not going to make it through. And it's the same thing with jiu-jitsu. If you don't really enjoy it, if you're doing it just for the black belt, right. it's kind of it's kind of hard to do it just for the black belt. That's my point. Just like if you're going to go through SEAL training just to get your SEAL trident and just to claim, hey, I'm a Navy SEAL, if that's the only reason that you're doing it, it's going to be hard for you to get through. Right. So so I would imagine anywhere I would guess that it wasn't their only reason, but let's just say either that was a big reason to begin with or just over time that started to be the, the reason mm. you know how, you know i mean people can fall in and out of that mindset and that trap you know where it's like i just want that that belt i want to walk around and be known as a black belt or whatever mm. and then that mindset starts to just creep in their mind and it becomes like a major part of their thinking mm. so it's like dang this works especially when frustration comes in and life you know, that's, that's you know? one of the kind of cool things about no gi in the idea that and and everyone gives belts now with no gi i mean yeah. dean gives belts with no gi i mean i 
support giving belts with no gi, yeah. even though guy never wears a gi and he doesn't need a belt. Right. But you know, you say, oh, this guy's a black belt. But one thing that is cool about no gi and kind of especially during the uh, during the rogue years of no gi where it wasn't a thing yet yeah. and we were just doing it. And there were guys at the time that were only, didn't you start off training only no gi? Yep. Yeah, there were guys that only trained no gi. So it was really a real thing of the belts literally didn't matter because right. they didn't exist. Yep. And then it was just, how good are you? Right. Where do you fall out on the totem pole of I can tap you, you can't tap me, but this guy can tap me, and I, you know what I mean? It, right. That there was something pretty cool about that yeah. because belts for me have never been a goal or anything, um, really. To me, to me, I just wanted to be better at yeah. at the jujitsu. Yeah, I mean, but regardless, that is a part of it for a lot. Of, I don't yeah, know, a lot. But yeah, for some people's thinking. So I think. With that way of thinking, I think I think he can be like that. They'll get a black belt and be like, "Oh, finally! Now I get to focus on my career." Yeah, you know, I'm a black belt. That's and I would. Cool. The other important thing about this is like, don't stop training jujitsu. Like, don't just stop cold turkey, man. That's not good. Yeah. Even if you can only train a couple times a week or once, even if you train once a week, man, train yeah. once a week. You know, just to keep your head in the game keep your do at least you can see the new moves you can see where things are developing maybe that'll ignite your desire to get back on the mat more but don't stop training you know and even on the days when you don't want to there's one day when you don't want to train go train that day yeah you know yeah and, go train and that day what it does too a big part of it it is it keeps your body in tune with the jujitsu movement mm -hmm. just the general movement because that's what one of the things that ensign said where he was like my body wasn't moving the same mm -hmm. it wasn't moving and there's it's one thing to be like okay i'm getting older i'm less mobile but negative jujitsu move yeah we don't know anything about that but but jujitsu movement there's a certain kind of movement that yeah. develops just kind of naturally yeah. you know when you're rolling all the yeah. time and if you lose that 10 years i could see you lose that so it's like dang my hip escape is really labored right now <laughs> and i it's, it's hard to do when it's so easy to do normally you know so uh, you know i can I, I can understand i see that you know yeah. um but yeah and, that's and this really goes with anything job. anything that you're doing like any you know where you find this also is people that are in business that whatever whatever level they advanced out of mm -hmm. they they then let's say it's a they they move out of a technical position and they move up to a management position mm. don't just walk away completely from the technical side right. like just go go do it once a week go get in the game make sure that you still understand so that you stay so that you stay in the game yeah. and you don't lose you don't wake up because you were a black belt that's why you got promoted above into a management position you were a black belt on that technical side and they saw potential for you so when you walk away from it or when you move up don't just walk away completely stay in the game go do you know if you're in the military just because you got promoted to whatever a uh, company commander or a, or a staff guy on the battalion don't just say well i'm never going to go in the kill house again no 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 go in the kill house even if you can only do it once every week or or maybe once a month you just get to go and, and keep your head in the game you got to do that so you stay fresh you stay like you said you keep that mental game there whereas if you just walk away pff, you, you and when i would have guys that were senior to me come out and go through little blocks of training with us. Maybe they come out and go to the kill house with us for a day. Mm -hmm. They didn't know what they were doing. They didn't know what they were doing. Part of it was because they walked away for too long. Mm -hmm. But even when they didn't know what they were doing, you were still like, hey, man, good for him for coming out. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't like you said, oh, look at him. He doesn't know. I don't respect him. No, right. you're actually, actually the opposite is true. You'd say, oh, man, props, props to the boss here for coming out and getting after it with the boys for a day. Yeah. He doesn't know what he's doing, but maybe we can help him. Yeah. yeah. And if they had that mentality the whole time, because it's pretty, it's a lot easier to maintain a skill than it is to learn it. Yeah. 
So all you have to do, you're a black belt man, get on the mat once a week, you know, yeah. just just get in there and roll with some people, roll yeah. them up. Yeah, but um, I back to Ensign. I dig it either way. I, I I even dig it that he did it and then really took some peer review and yeah. it was like, hey, I maybe didn't look at it this it way. It was an open minded decision making yeah. process. Yeah, for he him. went back in, went to which, the source to I his support. instructor. Yeah. We support that one big time. Went back to the instructor, and he was like, "Hey," and he was like, "Yes, yes, sir." You know, that's kind of where where it all came from. And he and he went back to black belt. Even that, I can't help but respect. You know, Mm -hmm. whole situation. And what if this is like a whole side note? Uh What if what if you go like um, like who gave you your black Fabio right? No, Dean Lister. Dean. Okay, so let's say you you took ten years off. You came back and rolled with Dean. Oh no! And Dean was like, "Bro." I I am your instructor. I'm taking your belt. I'm giving you a purple belt. That would be awesome. But, but like, is that is that cool? like you, you know? As far as like, can you do that or what? How do you feel about that? I I don't know, but that would be very cool to see that happen. <laughs> <laughs> even just even just oh, you want to hear you want to hear an old school story, an old school jujitsu story? Of course. I do. Oh, okay, this is awesome. So uh, back in the day, back in the day, I was a blue belt. Uh, Dean was, I think Dean was a blue belt too. He might've been a purple belt. Mm. And there was another person that was a blue belt at the time. My wife. Your wife was a blue belt. Was a blue belt. Dang. And she was good. She's a really good athlete. Is that how you met your wife? No, no. She was, I, I imposed jujitsu upon her once Dang. we were married. Good. So, you know, it was all good. And we were training with Fabio and Fabio's, you know, Fabio's great instructor. And, and we were at the academy one day. And there's a, a guy from out of town in, right? And he's a purple belt. Mm-hmm. So, you know, purple belt, you know, you figure the guy's good. But this is back in the day, too. This is in the, in the mid-90s. So probably like okay. 90, I'll say 96. Mm-hmm. And so this guy comes in from out of town. And, you know, there wasn't that many jiu-jitsu schools. In San Diego, there was like two, right? It was, that, it was Fabio, there was Rodrigo. I think that was it yeah. at the time. So... Anyways, this guy comes in. He's kind of a, he's probably 35 years old, probably 150 pounds, purple belt. So, you know, we're rolling and, and we're a little bit like, okay, the guy's a purple belt. Um, but there's that attitude of the guys know, the guy knows what he's doing. So I didn't roll with him, but I'm watching him. I'm rolling with Dean. We're doing our thing and it's kind of the open mat period. And, <laughs> and Fabio has him roll with my wife. And so, my wife, you know, she's good. She's, but she's a, they're rolling. And he gets her in a choke. He gets her in a rear naked choke. And she buries her chin like a white belt, like a, like a defense, you know, I'm going to bury my chin so he's not going to choke me. He chokes her face. Like I'm talking legit, gets after it on her face. <laughs> and she starts crying dang. and a little bit of blood. Oh, dang. And, she, you guys, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so, so I'm just like, and so I hear her scream or whatever, like, uh, and then, and then, uh, you know, she gets up and he lets go and he's kind of like, oh, sorry, uh, blah, blah, blah. And Fabio looks at me, he goes, and the guy didn't know it was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Fabio goes, Fabio goes, Jocko, you roll with him now. And I go, okay. <laughs> so uh, even I, I was like, okay, I'm going to smash him, but I, didn't intentionally like assault him. I just smashed him. I mean, I'm, I crushed him and submitted him, but I didn't like 
break his arm. And, but I smashed him. And I was doing a lot of knee and stomach at the, at the time. So I was just driving, you know, it was like an early version of the park bench. So I was doing, <laughs> I had a knee in his neck and we're smashing him. And, um, and then I get done and I wore him out pretty good. And Fabio was like, now I will roll with you. And Fabio tore him up and, uh, was like cracking arm bars on him and choking him and smashing him. And then the guy's like, the guy's like broken down. And Fabio is, Fabio said, you're not a purple belt. And I can't remember if he took his purple belt, but he kicked him out and he said, don't ever come back here. And you're not a purple belt. And he, I think he took his purple belt and said, you're not a purple belt. No, you know, he, he's, he also said, I've one thing I remember him saying is like, this girl's been training here for two and a half years. She's never been hurt. She's never had a problem. You come in here and hurt this girl. You're not a purple belt. You don't know what you're doing. Give me your purple belt. Mm. Yeah. So that was a cool demotion. Yeah. Courtesy of Fabio Santos, <laughs> old school jujitsu right there, son. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. That's, um, yeah. Different situation though. Yes, it is a different right. situation. That's but, but I think, I, I don't know, maybe we need to see more demotions in jujitsu. That's, know. that's a possibility. Maybe. Maybe I need to get started on that. <laughs> Demote myself right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, all right, that's awesome. But yeah, yeah, man. Old school jujitsu, Fabio. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting, though, right? Because that kind of falls the same in the same way, like in the same line. Is 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 that acceptable for a professor to demote their student yeah. if they lost a step? Or once you earn that that black belt or the brown, whatever the belt is, once you earn it, it's like you paid those dues. Yeah, that's, that's you know, it's that's a hard, kind of it's, a tough one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I I don't know. I think I think I might be wrong. In terms of the way people view it, but I think demotion is is kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think more demotions need to happen. Yeah. Like, oh, you haven't been coming to the gym for two years? Cool, G- give me your brown belt. You know yeah. what I mean? Hey, man, sorry. You know? Yeah. No one's ever going to come to my academy. Yeah, like, I know. no, I'm never. I, w- I would it. say that that could be the case if the re- like if you're if you're this highly competitive. F- uh, philosophy type team uh-huh. where you if you go out in a tournament you have to represent and that was the culture real rigid mm. like that then yeah but you know jujitsu for life you know you can take 10 years off jujitsu is kind of part of you or whatever mm. you were awarded this belt through your time yeah, maybe and, right. and efforts and stuff maybe like that right. then it's like now i gotta worry about all my time and effort yeah you that know? would scare people off that they go like oh, i don't right? want to go back because yep. i don't want to get demoted exactly yeah exactly now i gotta right. do i gotta earn it back yeah <laughs> but like i said if there was a job that you had to do basically it's like if you have a job to do as a brown belt you have to represent you know like in a in a company or something you can't be the director of sales get that job and then now your performance sucks you know you can't yeah. you remit because you have a job to do but like i said jiu-jitsu is not really a job where i don't know i mean when you're a brown belt in a school you have to go and help train the other people that's part of your job right yeah yeah you have to show up and train with me <laughs> right yeah yeah for sure and yeah if you're violating some yeah. you know some ethics or something like that then i mean even then you don't really take away the belt you take away their whole yeah, like, get out of here, you know. I don't but I think so. So the bottom line is, although I think demotions would be cool, I don't think it's probably going to happen. And yeah. I think that the I think that the tradition, because although I do believe I think demotions is a good idea, I also do like some of the traditional aspects of jujitsu. And one of the traditional aspects is when you get a belt, it's your belt. Yeah, you did it. You put in all yeah. that time, yeah. all that effort, all that knowledge. You know. All right, you get to keep your belt, people. <laughs>
<laughs> barely. <laughs> but here's the here's the thing I think that's that's interesting about. You know what's funny thing. is at the gym I will shout out things like like take that guy's take right. his brown belt. Like yeah. if a purple belt is really doing good yeah. against a brown belt, I'll be like take his brown yeah. belt from him. Do it. Yeah. Or <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. I'm kind of an instigator. Uh, sometimes. Yeah. And I like that. I like that. That's part of our fun culture where, where you kidding. can say. <laughs> <laughs> or if you roll with it, let's say like um, I'll do this. With like my friends or whatever, they're a brown belt and it's, you know, same belt as Mm -hmm. you and you get them and you get them like kind of easy or with a new move or something that's real flashy or something. You take their belt and say like, you don't deserve that right now. You know, we're going to roll and you can't wear a belt, you know, but it's a joke, you know what I mean? But I think that that's kind of what's in our minds anyway. So let's say a guy rolls in, he's a brown belt and he's getting smashed or whatever Mm. by like purple belts. Yeah, that's one of the the best things about jujitsu is that the belt. It doesn't really mean anything, does right? it? Right. Because yeah. you, if you're a black belt and you come in there getting smashed by blue belts, yep. no one's sitting there thinking, wow, he's a black belt. They're thinking, no, there's something wrong with him. Yep, exactly he's right. Not, no, no black belt here. Yeah. So that's that's one of the best things about jiu-jitsu is the truth is on the mat. So I guess it doesn't – you don't need to get demoted. Right. Your mere existence is a demotion yep. if you're not if you're not training. Right. So like, I, like it goes back to what I was saying where you put in all that time because really the belt is based on specific things. And those things, if you've done those things, you've taken – the time is one of them. The knowledge, the you know, understanding of all this, all basically all all that the belt is based on, mm-hmm. that doesn't really go away. You put in that time, you have that knowledge, yeah. you know. Yeah. All right, I think Echo's scared. I'm going to take his belt away, <laughs> or maybe I'll take your belt away. Bring it. <laughs> hey, there's going to be about a 45 second break in the podcast right now. <laughs> anyway, all right. Next question: Dead horse, go. Jocko, what do I say to someone I've trained and later claims, this person claims, that a certain thing was not covered in the training? Uh, in addition to the question, says, obviously excuses. Obviously excuses. So this is, a, this is a really pretty common question of how do you handle these situations? And I've actually been lucky enough in my life to have run a lot of training in a lot of different situations, mostly in the military. And I've absolutely had this happen. And there's one thing that I do when this happens, and you can probably guess what it is. I take ownership of it. Yeah. So check it out. If somebody comes to me and says, oh, you were supposed to train us on X, and you didn't, and I know that I did, and it was in the curriculum, and we covered it, I say, I don't say, no, I trained you, and here it is. No, I say, okay, let's get it trained then. What do I got to do? Here it is. Let me redo the curriculum. Let me show it to you again. Because here's the thing. As a trainer... It's not just your job. And this is what I used to tell my guys when I ran training, the guys that were the instructor cadre, I'd say, listen, it isn't your job just to run the training, just to provide the training. Mm -hmm. It is your job to ensure that the training is absorbed. Mm. that's the difference. That's a big difference between philosophies of training. I, my goal when I'm training someone is to make sure that the training is absorbed into the mind. Otherwise go watch a YouTube video. Because a YouTube video, you can see the same instruction, but no, I need to seek you out and say, okay, where, where did you miss it? Where, and also where did I fail in my training? If I covered it, why don't you remember it? Yeah. That means I didn't cover it well enough or I didn't teach it well enough. And I think that you, you, then you retrain them, you get them up to speed. At some point they're going to realize that you did train them. I mean, if they truly forgot or even if they didn't forget, but they're just placing the blame on you, right. they're going to realize that you know. They're going to know that you know that you trained them. Yeah, yeah. When 
they when you reflect on the same information and do it again. So I think that's a pretty simple answer. Uh, when someone is saying you haven't trained them, take responsibility for it, take ownership for it, and say, okay, let, let me get you trained on it. My, my apologies. I'm here to train you. Let me make sure that I train you and make sure that you absorb it. Yeah. Let's go. I think that your way of training should be done or performed with kids as well, like parents with their kids. You know how, because you know how the kid, the kid's misbehaving yeah. and the parents like, I don't know why he does that. I told him not to pitch a fit. Well, yeah, I know you probably told him or you went through the motions of telling him or whatever, but man, you got to, you got to train him and make sure that's absorbed, you know? Absolutely. So, and I always kind of think of it this way, not kind of, I really think of it this way, where if your kid is misbehaving, it's something you did or didn't do. Of course. So you can't really sit there and be like, oh, blaming the kid for misbehaving or whatever. Or Yeah, you know, you're, you're right. I wonder, isn't it weird that you can have families where one kid can go to, could go to high school and do well and do great on their SATs and get to a great college and go to and go be a doctor mm-hmm. and the other kid can become a heroin addict. Yep. Isn't that strange? It It's interesting, but I, and I think a long time ago I, I would talk to you about this like a long time. Ago. And how do we blame the parents? And well, that's the thing. That's the, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying blame the parents. I'm not saying that because, because that would, that would, if you're blaming them, that's like saying it's so easy. Why didn't you do that? I blame mm-hmm. you, you know, kind of thing. It's not easy. There's so many different dynamics to every kid's experience. So, you know how, and this is how the conversation kind of, if I remember correctly, kind of started when you were like, hey, I have, you know, four kids or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're just different. They you are, know? And, true. Um, then I said, this is before I had kids, by the way, so you weren't really feeling oh, what I was. Day. Yeah, you, you didn't, you didn't really care about that much. Well, not to say you didn't so care. So what would you say? Anyway, I said, um, I said, Okay, yeah, it's kind of complicated. So, uh oh, <laughs> kids are different. Yeah, but they're not just different. Like that's not it. That's it's not nature the and nurture. Yes, 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 fully. So consider every kid's starting point is different. So you can't expect everyone, every kid's ending point to be the same, even though they go through the same experience. True. Just being the second born, you're starting out as a completely different human being. Right. Just being. Two years, one year, five years younger than your older brother. So those minor variables end up creating some major Major, differences. Yes, Yes, of course. So at at certain points in development, they're going to have kind of the same needs, but in a different environment. So the way that you fulfilled those same needs with the first kid are going to look different as far as them being translated with the second kid. And the third kid, and the fourth, you know, however many kids you have. So you'd have to make slight adaptations to what you did to the second kid than the first. And to keep a handle of all those dynamics is it's hard. So that's why it's like well, yeah, and not only that, it's not an exact science. (laughs) Yeah, and and the way kids react, the way people, it's not just we're we're not just talking about kids here. We're talking about people because you get different people that you hire at different times or different people that join platoons at different times and they have a different attitude. So yeah, you got to adjust. But the the bottom line is the thing that remains constant through all this is that if you're trying to impart knowledge on people, you need to take responsibility, not just for showing them the knowledge, but to making sure that they absorb the knowledge. And the primary methodology of doing that is by explaining to people why they're doing what they're doing and why you're telling them this and why this occurs. 
So if, like you said, you tell your kid, don't have a temper tantrum, and then you never explain to them, here's why you don't want to have a temper tantrum. When you're doing this, you could hurt yourself. You could hurt other people. You're going to do things that regret. You're going to like break something in the house. I can't control you. I can't bring you anywhere. If you're going to act like this, that means we can't go out and have fun. So you got to explain why. Right. And once you explain why, then people have a better chance of absorbing the information. But yes, you as a trainer, parent, leader, teacher has the responsibility, not just to impart knowledge, but to ensure that the knowledge is absorbed. Yeah. Rant complete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and of course, like I said, it's for parenting, it's not like just that easy, you know? No, I mean, it, parenting it, is very difficult leadership situation. So it's really a lot like Plinko. Really? <laughs> Consider it. You know what I mean? You start at a different point and uh, all these variables. Well, but yeah, there you go. So, next question. Jocko. Yes. In the SEAL teams, you led all male teams. Any leadership difference in business wor- in the business world with mixed gender or female teams? So, first of all, in the military, I did work with women. There's there's no women in the SEAL teams, but there's women that are in Intel. There's women that are in logistics. There's women in the in the some of the logistics support units that go out in the field sometimes. So, definitely worked with women in the military and in the civilian sector. With, with Echelon Front, I've worked with all kinds of women, all kinds of women in every level from CEOs on down to frontline troopers. And here's the deal for me. It's no factor. No factor to me. Uh, what's a factor to me is can they do their job? Do they have an open mind? Are they humble? Do they treat people with respect? Those are the kind of things that I'm judging it's like what we talked about earlier. I'm judging, but I'm not judging based on what they are. I'm judging on who they are and who they are as a person. So that's, I, I see no real difference. The leadership, the way that you lead doesn't change. In my opinion, from the, from the women I've seen in leadership positions to the men I've seen in leadership positions, the, the, the way they lead is successful because of the way they lead, not because they're male or female. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the stereotypes that, that you might see out there, um, like, 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 for instance, men are tougher than women or, or men or, or women are more emotional than men. Mm-hmm. That's just garbage. And if you see, I've seen, at least when you get to a leadership position, I've definitely seen women that were way tougher than, than guys were. In terms of, hey, we got to make this move for the company. Here's what I'm going to do. Boom, they execute it. Yeah. And I've seen men that were way too emotional and attached to the scenario and ruin it because they're just way more emotional than the stereotypical woman might be. So that's why I just don't think you can trust them. I look at a person, not whether they're a man or a woman. I'm looking at their the content of their character for yeah. the second time. I'll say that today, MLK. Um, and now when we start talking about combat um, – there's some physical differences that make that make a definite impact. And I talked about on Tim Kennedy, if you want to hear hear me talk about that. Because yeah, when you get into some physical things, men are stronger than women. And so there's a there's some physical limitations there. But in terms of leadership capabilities in the in the civilian sector, there's yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about men and women. Yeah, okay, are there some nuances there? There are. There are nuances, for instance, who like one you'll hear is, um, I'll get asked, you know, I'm a, I'm a female and I'm in charge of these guys. 
you know, how should I act or what should I do? Because yeah. they they might not like working for a, for a, for a girl. Right. And I say well, they probably that that guy probably wouldn't like working for a guy either, or for a younger guy, or for a guy that got moved from another department. There's it's right. the same thing. Yeah. It's the same thing. So what are you gonna do? It's the same thing I always say. Be humble. Listen to what they have to say. Keep an open mind. That's what you're gonna do, regardless, male, female, whatever. It just yeah, older, younger doesn't matter. You want it. The being a good leader, the principles don't change. Mm. That's all there is to it. Yeah, because yeah, because in as an insecure guy getting getting led or or or, or a, a girl calling shots or whatever will affect them mm -hmm. but like how you said if they if their leadership principles are sound yeah doesn't matter and they're making the right call it's gonna be obvious that mm -hmm. that like that guy's messing up or you know like he's he's um um acting out of insecurity or not acting um out of insecurity it's gonna be obvious the leadership part as long as that's sound you're going to have success. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, that's no factor to me. Yeah. Next question. Maybe I should bring some of the female leaders that I've worked with on the podcast. You know, the, thing, the problem with that is they're no different than the male leaders of work. Because I'm sure that there's some, some women who listen to this and they go, oh, you don't know how hard it is when X... Mm -hmm. Oh, you don't know. I, I, but that's what I'm saying. Like the good female leaders I've worked with have been like, oh yeah, that can be sometimes a problem because I'm a woman and here's what I do to negate it. Right, because right. The, uh, guess what? The next day I'll be working with a different client and the, it's a man and he goes, well, you know, I have to deal with X and this is how I mitigate it. So everyone's dealing with X. Right. Everyone's got some factor that they're trying to overcome. Yep. And it's just a good leader will find a way around that factor. Or find a way to mitigate that factor, and a bad leader won't, and will then use that factor as an excuse, right? Rather than just as an advantage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's a huge difference between taking ownership of these problems and saying, "Oh, you know what? Here's the issue. Okay, I'm going to own that. And I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to find a way around it." Instead of saying, "Oh, I'm younger. I'm older. I'm a woman. I'm a man trying to lead these." It's it's like no. Yeah. You're you're a human leading another human being. Yeah. And so step up and lead, figure out what the issues are and overcome them. Yeah. Hmm. Jocko. I've taken a lot of inspiration from your phil philosophy of good. <laughs> How do you apply this without succumbing to Pollyannaism? Did I say that right? Yeah. So Pollyannish is is a is a term, and it actually comes from a from a novel from I think it's like the early nineteen hundreds. But it it uh the name of the novel is Pollyanna. And anyways, Pollyanna in the book has this really super positive attitude, mm -hmm. and it's almost so positive that it it overwhelms and it kind of changes people's attitudes in the town. But there's a pejorative meaning of this word, which is what this guy's asking about. And it is that is when when someone is like so positive that they that they forget about reality of a situation, mm. you know, and so that's that's that can be absolutely problematic. And that is not what I'm telling anybody to do. In fact, the the let's let's not mistake the the good philosophy as one that negates reality that is 
totally off. That's not what I'm telling anyone to do. In fact, the very first thing you have to do is accept reality. That's the first thing you got to do. You got to look at what's happening. You got to assess it, assess the reality of it. And then you say, okay, good. Now, instead of dwelling on the negatives and what's going to go bad and what's wrong, you deal with them. But then you look at, okay, now what are we going to do positive out of this? What good's going to come out of this? And that's, that's all it is. It's definitely not denying or being delusional about the situation by any stretch, but it is also not being woe is me and oh, this happened. And now, oh my gosh, everything's going horrible. I'm doomed. No, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. Obviously I'm not talking about that. And it's also not like, it's okay. Everything's wonderful. Mm -hmm. No, that's why the term is good and not wonderful, right? (laughs) I'm not saying everything's wonderful, but good. Okay, now what are we going to find out of this? What are we going to figure out of this? What are we going to make happen now? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to deal with reality. I'm going to accept reality. I'm going to accept reality. Then there's some people that, you know, like the the self-help gurus that are like, no, I'm just not going to accept that. It's not going to happen. You make your own reality. I'm going to be so positive that I'm going to get that million dollars tomorrow. (laughs) No, no, actually, you're not going to get that million dollars tomorrow. You're going to have to work. You're going to have to work for a long time. You're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to stay focused on your goals. And then you'll get your million dollars. Good. See how strong you are after that. Yes. Yes. So that's it. Deal with reality. Accept reality. Then find the good in it and move forward. That's a cool video, by the way, that you you made. (laughs) You like that video? Yep. I do. I think, is that, are you fishing for a compliment? <laughs> <laughs> that video is, uh, that video has been, a lot of people watch that video. Yeah. It's interesting too, because you made that video and you made another video, where does discipline come from? Right. And, and I actually, personally, I like the where does discipline come from video better, mm. but the good video, it just strikes a chord with people. Right. The, cause I think, I think cause it applies so universally to negativity in the world. Like, okay, yep, these bad things are happening right now. In fact, I get so much feedback of people that literally say, you know, thank you for introducing me to that idea, that philosophy, because it's changed my attitude. And now when things go wrong, I say, good. Now what am I going to do about it? Right. So I think that's why that video is, is, is quite popular. That and the unbelievable editing that was done when it was put together. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, and it it does seem like a real, um, like, personal, like deeply personal thing. Like because it it's like it's more. Um, it's not this like sensationalization of it. It's mm. just it's real kind of kind of dark, whatever. And like how you said, like the negative part of it. It's like a. Um, I said this last time, or it's a painkiller. It's not a multivitamin. You know? What do you mean by that? I meaning, don't think I've heard you say that before. Meaning, like, if you have a problem, you you know, okay, just in nature, when you, when you're going along, whatever your brain is is evolved to to recognize problems, and if something isn't a problem, it'll start to filter that out. That's just how your brain is. Okay. So, in life, when you have problems, that's what's always on the radar. Oh. Now you have this little personal like tool that's talking to you of how to deal with those problems. Nice. You know what I mean? So, um. So the, it's it's kind of that like the discipline. Where does discipline come from? It's kind of that's more starts to go into the multivitamin thing where it's like this is not a big problem. I'm gonna try to recognize it as a problem. I need more discipline, mm-hmm. you know. But it's not really this huge problem. But it does help, you know, kind yeah. of thing. So it's like a multivitamin. Interesting. Um, but 
I, th I like the discipline one as well. Okay, next question. Coach Jocko, what are your I thoughts? Wonder, on I wonder who, does that mean a jiu-jitsu guy wrote that? Uh, I think so. Must be, it must, <laughs> must be. be. But, but was it someone from like the gym, you think? I don't know. To address me as coach. And first of all, if you come to my gym, you don't have to call me coach. I know. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of weird, kind of weird to me. Maybe that's why he's doing it. Maybe he just knows I'm a black belt and thinks I should be called coachable. Yeah. Or it could be like one like chief. You know, hey, what's up, chief? What's up, coach? I've heard coach before. Oh. In fact, I don't mind coach in that regard. But, but like, you're only a brown belt. How can you like coach? No, nah, but ah. in life, you know, so when I, remember when I said a long time ago where I was yeah, like, Yeah, you don't, uh, like, I don't chief. like No, I, I don't mind. Oh, you don't like boss? Boss, yes. Yeah. And, or dude when a girl says dude. But I actually, I used to joke and I'd say, look, guys, if you don't feel comfortable calling me sensei or instructor or coach, you can just call me master, either one. <laughs> but the reality yeah. is just call me Jocko, please. Yeah. yeah, I heard someone call you coach. Um, it was, you know, how certain guys, they like that. Yeah, 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 for sure. Call you coach, and I, I don't like, like correct people. I don't say, yeah. don't call me coach. You know, I just, I just, yeah. I'm okay. I'm, I don't care what people call me, to be honest with, with you. Well. But yeah, yeah, the guy called you. It was weird. It's like he kept calling. No, you there's coach. there's a there's definitely a handful of people that call me coach. Yeah, maybe they don't know what my name is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go back to All the right, question I'm here, call coach. You dude, from from now on, dude. All right, uh, Coach Jocko, what are your thoughts on dealing with old age when getting physically stronger and faster ain't gonna happen? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question about age. Because it's not happening to me. I'm not getting any older. <laughs> I mean, when is it that it, that it ain't going to happen anymore? I don't know. Yeah. Because I, I'm continuing to train. I'm continuing to do what I do. I've had people tell me that, well, when you hit 30, and then I had, oh, when you hit 35, and then when you hit 40, now it's when you hit 45. Now I'm here and when it's 50. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just know that I'm just going to keep getting after it. I'm going to keep getting stronger. I'm going to keep getting faster. I'm going to keep getting better. And if I can't beat my record, well, then how close can I get? How close can I get to the record? And I think I've talked about this before is like I always think about decay. Right. And how if you don't fight decay, it, it, it starts to just you won't notice it. It's slow and it's 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 like moving like the hour hand, like you don't see it happening. And I think that's why I think that's why a lot of aging happens because people don't notice that it's happening, yeah. and so they don't pay attention to it. So what happens is they don't hold the line. They don't hold the line. And like I track my workouts. I'm not OCD about it. I'm not like a psycho like you know, hey, I did it in 14 minutes and 32 seconds, and then and then I refer back to it. No, but I know the general trends, and I know where the numbers are, and I know where they should be, and I know that I, I need to always keep those in mind. You know, yeah. how many pull-ups can I do? How much can I squat? How much? You know, just those just those numbers, so you keep them in line. And I think what that does, I do that so I can hold the line because, like I said, I think age. I don't think age assaults you. Right. I think it sneaks up on you. And the way it sneaks up on you is a missed rep there and a and a slower lap over here and a missed workout over there. And you you just boom, there's just a little, just a little age is chipping away at you. It's just chipping away. It doesn't it actually doesn't want you to notice. It yeah. doesn't want, that's why it doesn't hit you all at once. It just, it just wants to chip away. And then you fast forward 15 years and you're not the same guy you were. <laughs> yeah. 
because those chips have ch- taken taken all your strength away. They've taken your flexibility away. They've 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 done a done work on you. So that's why I like I said I don't know what. Okay, am I going to be able to hold the same records when I'm fifty nine? I mean, we got some older guys like you know Gordon. Yep, Gordon's fifty four. Mm. Man, I trained with Gordon. Yeah. I train with Gordon. I mean, Gordon's legit black belt, yep. and and he's not just a legit black belt with knowledge. Like you can train with him. He trains right. hard. Yep. So, I'm just very. I try and stay self aware, mm. and I think I try and prevent the cutting of corners, and I try and maintain the daily discipline in all things. That's what I try and do because when you start cutting those corners, is when I think it adds up over 15 years, and you wake up and you're not the person that you remembered that you were and you're not the person you want to be so you got to maintain and hold that line as long as you can and i'm always actually trying to do new things too like trying to figure out something else that's new some other technique i've never done before some exercise i haven't got i'll buy some weird piece of exercise gear Mm -hmm. because i'll see something cool on the interwebs and i'll go dang i I can't do that how's that 14 year old girl doing that i can't do that i want to learn how to do that Mm -hmm. and uh so that's that's i think you got to fight it yeah yeah and that, that that's a good analogy the hour hand mm-hmm. you know where you can't you can't you see can't it move see you it. watch it all day you can't see it move nope. but look away for one second or not one second but you know you look away for a little while you look back and boom that yep. thing snuck right up on you yep. and and that's re- i mean that's how you really slip that's how it'll assault you as far as age and decay yep. goes where if you if you stop for a while and you try to come back, if you stop for 10 years, Oof. you know, and you try to come back, that hour hand moved a lot. It moved a lot. Yeah, man. So Because you weren't fighting it. Yeah. Because you can hold that hour line. I mean, you can hold yeah. it. You can, oh, yeah. Maybe you can't stop it, yep. but you can slow that son of oh, yeah. down. You just got to keep your eye right yeah, on you that thing. Keep your eye on it. You, you know keep pushing mean? it back. Oh, it's not moving at all. And sure, you know, like I said, at, when you're 90 and you've been looking at that hour hand since mm-hmm. you were 25. Mm-hmm. Then yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, I remember back when I was 25. It was way over here, and now I'm way over here, fitness wise or whatever, mm-hmm. or I can squat less or whatever. Of course, you know, maybe and that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's the inev- inevitability. But just like how you said, yeah, if you you just stay on that that discipline and all in all things, man, you're gonna hold that. You're gonna hold it good. Do not go gentle into that good light. Yeah. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. And with that, the you know, there's kind of balance to all things. Don't get crazy. You know how guys will just be redlining their workout because they're trying to maintain that. No, that no, no. You, you, you can't. You got to be careful about that. Yeah, man. Because it's it, just like a race car. You can't keep yeah. the race car in the red. Yeah. You got to. You got to bring it back to the shop sometimes. Like get a little <laughs> tuned up. Yeah. They got to be part of the routine. Yeah, and I can always. I'm. You know, I'm pretty good. That's another thing. Is the more you work out, the more you train, the more the 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 better you know your own body. Yeah. And you know, you walk up to the gym sometimes, like, what was it, yesterday? Yeah, yesterday? Man, I, I felt like Superman. Like, I was just super strong. I was doing one of my workouts. I was strong. I was just technical. I just felt great, mm-hmm. you know? And I would say, there's some days that I go in the gym and I'm like, oh, what, you know, I got to stretch. I got to, like, take an easy day. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's some days where I say, I got to take an easy day, but... Anyways, I'm just going to get crushed. I'm just going to crush this thing. But And part of that, again, because I see that you got to make sure that you're not cutting corners. You got to make sure that you're not taking your eye off the hour hand sometimes and yeah. letting that thing get up, get one up on you because you're being lazy. Right. 
So that's why going, this is sometimes a lot of workouts I have. You know, I have some days, some days where I feel like Superman. I have some days where I feel like, uh, like horrible. And I have a lot of more like Lois, Lois, Lois Lane or something. Yeah. Some days where I feel like, uh, I'm just going through the motions, but yeah. going through the motions is okay. Yeah. It's okay to go in there and go through the motions. It's okay to go in there and not break any records. Going in there and going through the motions is generally a thousand times better than, than not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. And that. That's actually, I mean, redlining it all the time is a is an easy way to get knocked right out of the game. Yeah, well, you'll get injured after yeah. a while. Yeah, that's what I mean, especially yeah. when you start getting older, you know? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. All right. Next question. What do you got? What are your favorite podcasts and Why? Hashtag name dropping is okay. Um, so anybody that listens to me, there's, there's a couple podcasts that I listen to. Um, and they're really obvious and they're like the big, the big podcasts. Um, you got, well, Tim Ferriss, boom, right? You got Joe Rogan, boom. You got Sam Harris, boom. Um, and you got hardcore history with Dan Carlin and he's got another one that's called the common sense. And I, those, those, all those, uh, are really, really good podcasts. And, um, I'm, I've been listening to podcasts for many, many years now. Uh, before listening to podcasts was cool. I was listening to podcasts. Mm, oh, I actually grew up listening to radio shows. I've talked about that before, yeah. but I, I have, and I forget, I actually, I cannot remember how I got into podcasts. I do not remember how I got into podcasts. Um, but anyways, whenever I got into podcasts, those are the kind of the ones that I listen to. And I've, I sample a lot of other podcasts and sometimes I'll search for certain topics and I'll just listen to a random podcast. Um, one of the, but there's one more, the only one that I have that's like not on the main uh, sites and in people's view mm-hmm. is a podcast called Martyr Made. Mm-hmm. And it's by a guy named Daryl Cooper. And I, I can't recommend that, that podcast strongly enough. It's outstanding. It is an outstanding podcast. And Daryl Cooper, I don't even know, like he's just this underground guy I think he's a. I think he was in the Navy, but he. That's not. He's not anymore. He's. He doesn't do it. It's not like a profession for him, but it should be. He. He should be. It's. It's a great podcast. So check out Martyr Made. It's also. Uh, he's on Twitter, under Martyr Made is his is his call sign, but he's got like, one hundred and forty two followers. Like no one knows about <laughs> him. No one knows about him. And actually, you know what? It was somebody on Twitter. And I don't forget who it was. It was somebody on Twitter that told me about Martyr Made and just said, check it out. And when people tell me to check some out, man, I check it out. Mm-hmm. And it's it, as soon as you open it, you know, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to realize why it's so good. Um, really detailed, really very good historical research. Mm-hmm. And it's a great podcast. And those are the, and, and you know what? I'm a really picky podcast guy too. Like I'm really. I need somebody to get, I need somebody needs to bring it on their podcast for me to like it. I try all, I try new podcasts all the time and I don't get a lot of repeat customers myself. Like I don't repeat a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, 
because I just, I just, yeah, it needs to be really, really solid. That's right. for me to for me to for me to invest hours worth of my time. Yeah, that's that's got to be a heavy investment. Yeah, and it's got to be something that's worth my while, and that's why those that I mentioned. Let me grab a. I'm just seeing if on my phone if there's any others that I might have missed, but I don't think as far as like massively good ones that I can recommend across the board. Um, those are them. And, and you know, uh, there's other ones that I'll occasionally listen to, but, um, and those are all kind of like the pop, the, the, the popular ones that come out. Donko Jones has got a good podcast that he interviews, talks about rock and roll. I dig that one but only cause I really dig Donko Jones, uh, the band as well. The Martyr Made one is yes. that like what's kind of the format with that one? Is, it, does it's, he have it's, guests? It's sim- no, it's similar to hardcore history. Gotcha. It's him. It's Daryl Cooper just talking about, and that one. The I, I think it's going to be his. It's about the the Israeli Palestinian conflict. It goes all the way back to the beginning and talks to you about what it is and what it's about, and it's it's really good. So those are the main podcasts that I listen to. Um, again, you've got to, and it, it's a, just a big investment of time. Yeah, and especially because I don't have a commute, mm-hmm. so I don't drive anywhere. So. And I'm in, and I can't, I can't do anything mentally and do a podcast at the same time Right. and listen to a podcast. So I can't read and listen to a podcast. It doesn't work. The only thing I can do is drive and do yard work. <laughs> like anything that's like, actually when I have a big project to do at the house, I love it because I can get it all caught up on podcasts and whatever. So yeah, but yeah. yeah, you know what that is? You know, girls can do that. You know that? I was not aware of that. Yeah. So this is how it is. This is how it works. Girls can, they say, they, they, I don't want to be dismissive and call it multitasking because it's, it goes, it's more deep than multitasking. Mm -hmm. Girls can do things that require like attention. They can do more than one. Hmm. Um, and then guys can't. I would be impressed by a girl that could listen to a legit podcast and read a book and get like the full value out of both of them. Yeah. So how girls brains are wired. They can do that a lot better than guys, and guys okay. can't. But how's this, though? This is kind of interesting. And I used to do this all the time to mess with girls. Guys have a different spatial awareness than yes, girls that's do. True. So one of the tests that was done, um, it was like, uh, I want to say 16, I don't know the numbers, but it was a classroom just full of guys, a classroom full of girls, and they'd run all these tests. It was different tests, but one of them was you have to draw a bicycle. That's it. Mm-hmm. So a bicycle is this kind of, in a way, kind of this unique thing when you draw it because mm-hmm. you have to know where this goes because that affects, you know, the pedals got to affect the chain. That affects, it's a, it proved uh, or it indicated spatial awareness, right? So of the experiment, all the guys could do it. You don't have to be an artist. Some bikes mm-hmm. didn't look amazing, but they were working. You don't have to be an artist and it doesn't matter if you're a bike rider too. So all the guys could do it. You know how many of the girls could mm-hmm. do it? No. None. Really? None. Yes. So... And I've done this experiment, and if you're going to do this experiment, do it correctly. Don't be like, hey, here's a bike, copy this bike. Don't don't cheat on it. Really, if you really want to get to the bottom, tell, ask a girl, any girl, woman, no matter what age, draw a working bicycle. <laughs> they can't do it. I've yet to come across a girl really, that can I'll do it. Really, I'll be trying that tonight when I get yeah, home to my, but as uh, a guy, to my daughters and wife. Yeah, as a guy, it's pretty, most guys will do it. Hmm. Yeah, it's weird. But anyway, it's just just how um, the brains are different. 
Well, there's other fun stuff too. For me, it is very difficult to actually engage in a book and reading, um, or writing while I'm listening to someone else talk about something intellectual. Right. It's very challenging for me. Yeah, yeah, fully. That's to get the full value. I mean, I can do yeah. it, but the both efforts are half-ass, and yeah. I won't get anything out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Did you? Is there any podcast you listen to that I mentioned? Strangely, it's the same thing, except for the <laughs> Martyr Maid one. Um, are you, you? How could you not listen to Martyr Maid? I've told you about that a bunch of times. Like you said, scarcity of resources, oh, man. Yeah. That re- resource being time, but yeah. nonetheless, actually, even though the ones I do listen to, I don't listen to as much because I don't drive as much, and um, I don't do as much yard work anymore. <laughs> <laughs> um, except for that London Real one, the one that you were on, yeah. that guy. Yeah. I've actually. Like he's on my uh, yeah. Su- he's not a podcast though. It is really yeah. I'm subscribed to it. Yeah, I didn't know it was an actual podcast. I thought it was only YouTube. I, I think it's like he takes the audio and puts. Oh, it okay, on. okay. But well, it, there's another one. Yeah, he's he does it, and that's the thing. Like a lot of times, people will like. Poop. That's Brian Rose with yeah. London Real. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's a good suggestion. He gets some cool people on this on his show. Yeah, and really, really, I mean, put real simply, it's an interview. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, a lot of podcasts like interview. even Tim Ferriss is mostly like just interview. You know? Oh, Tim Ferriss is actually absolutely an interview. Yeah. So, and then you have Joe Rogan, who's kind of like conversation, kind of an interview, but it's more of like they're just talking yep. as a conversation. So there's like all these little different subtleties that are that makes them different. But there, it takes a lot of skill to interview people good. Mm-hmm. Um, and this uh, the the London Real guy, yeah, Brian Rose, yeah, he's um he's good down to like who he chooses. They're like. Pretty much across the board, everybody's interesting. Yeah. You know, even if the subject isn't your thing, okay. But the guys he chooses for those subjects are, are pretty solid. Man. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Oh, yeah, and I, I really do. I, I, I really like podcasts a lot, and you can get so much information out of them. And I love the audio format. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Me too, yeah. I, I just, it's just great when you can when you can just sit down and listen. And that's always what I've said for 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 this podcast. Like I want it to be something where people sit down and kind of put their headphones on and say, "Okay, I'm I'm getting ready to press press play. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, here it comes." Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like we're doing a Q and A, and obviously Q and A doesn't have that same level of impact mm-hmm. as if I'm going to read something either that I wrote or something that somebody else wrote. That's a very important subject matter. Yeah that we're going to break down, then that's sort of, that's, that's what I like. Yeah. These, these, um, these Q and a ones are cool because it is like, of course we're just having a conversation about this stuff, but it's, there's a third person in the room as well for every question because it's their question. Yeah, that's true. And that's one thing that's interesting. Like when you're listening to, when you're listening to any of these podcasts that I talked about, you're basically a third person in the room sitting there listening to the conversation. And actually, when I was on Sam Harris, you know, your brother drove up with me and he yeah. was in the room listening to the conversation. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, it's kind of it's kind of interesting. But, you know, when you're listening to Joe Rogan and, and actually one thing that's pretty cool is I've, you know, I've done an interview with Sam Harris. I've done an interview with Joe Rogan. I've done an interview with Tim Ferriss. Um, I've had some good conversations with with um, with Dan Carlin. And I might end up being on common sense at some point, but I, with the, with the other three, with Daryl Cooper, I don't know him, but with, I know those guys. Mm. I know them. I know them. And so when I'm when I'm listening to their podcast, I do feel like I'm kind of in the room with them. Right, right, and, and sometimes I want to like answer and yeah. say something yep. and whatever. Mm. So uh, yeah, 
it's and I think everybody I think even people that never met Joe Rogan Right. But they yeah, listen to all this podcast. They yeah. think they're in there with him. Yeah. So when I, when I went, um, I did a thing with Joe Rogan, played pool with him, and went, I went up to that studio before. And, mm-hmm. and uh, what'd you go up for? With Halleck or something? Uh, I went with yeah for Halleck. Okay. With um, yeah, some, for some stuff. Um, yeah. So that time when I went up, I asked him, "Hey, do you encounter people who basically feel like they know you, like personally?" They'll just roll into a conversation yeah. with you like you've known. And he he's, said absolutely. He's like, Every single time. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the same. I, even I'm experiencing that now. Yeah. When I when I meet someone that goes, hey, man, I listen to the podcast. Hey. And they're like talking like, well, you, you, yeah, what's what's going on with Echo and blah, blah, blah. And right. they're, they're like talking about me like like we're bros. Yeah. And it's it's pretty cool. Because in a way, you are. Because <laughs> yeah, you've been talking no. to them for a long time. I know. I was thinking about this. Um so like Hardcore History, the the one podcast that is called Blueprint for Armageddon. If you haven't listened to it, just stop and go listen to it. It's awesome. But that thing is, it's five episodes for about four hours each. So that's 20 hours. And when you get done with it, man, you, you feel like you're pretty tight with Dan Carlin. I mean, that's yeah. 20 hours. And then one day I was doing the math last week and we, cause we got to 30 podcasts and they're basically two hours each. And I'm like, oh my God, that's 60 hours, mm-hmm. 60 hours worth of, worth of conversation yep. with you and me. And so absolutely people start feeling like, you know, Hey, oh yeah, I know, I know what Jocko is going to think about this or say about this. Yep. And, and, and they're basically in the room here, right. <laughs> you know, talking to us. Yeah. And there's that added element, which is going to make that even more so with us because, these are their, these are your questions. These yeah. are their questions. Yeah, this is their questions. You know? And, and I do converse with them you know, on the interwebs on too. The interwebs, so, yeah. so people are like, oh, and they'll hit me with a question. And sometimes it's not enough to get on the podcast, but I'll just say, yeah, don't do that. Right. You know, don't do that. That's not smart. Or yeah, no, that sounds like a good plan. Execute, you know, yeah. stuff like that. Yep. It's just the nature of the, of the but deal. yeah, get your podcast on and spread the word. Yeah. And, and by the way, thanks to. Thanks, Tim and Joe. Uh, those guys brought me on before I had a podcast. Tim brought me on when the book wasn't out. I was d- basically no human being knew who I was if you weren't like in the direct, like if you weren't in the SEAL teams with me. Right. And and then Joe heard that podcast, and then we connected on Twitter, and he goes, "Come be on my podcast," and I was like, "Awesome." So, and then Sam Harris. So anyways, thanks to those guys for, for having me on and, and spreading the word a little bit. Yeah. I like Sam Harris's one as well. That's actually one of the, one of the few that, that remember how we were talking before you, um, did a podcast mm-hmm. we were like, Oh, it'd be weird. You just talking, which mm-hmm. actually thinking about it wouldn't be that weird really. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about like even the last podcast that we did where I just read the book, uh, uh, four hours in my lay, right. uh, you didn't say much, right? you know? And yeah. you said enough to maybe get me through some 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 spots where you had a question or maybe I didn't make something clear. But um, you know, I think that's I think I could do it, but you know, yeah, I yeah. I, I don't I don't know why I would. Yeah, it's it, well, I'd it rather just be talking to overall, you or whoever. Yeah, overall, um, especially with with the Q and A with, and I think sometimes you'll go into things that doesn't apply to everyone's common knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe only military guys will know it or only yeah. execs might know it. So I don't, you know, there's a lot of stuff. I don't know. So <laughs> I, I have the luxury of being here. Wait, 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 wait. what do you, what is this? Yeah, what is what this are you mean? talking about? You know? What does ROTC mean? Just kidding. I know what ROTC means. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, Sam Harris is, is good though, where he just does it solo. 
I've yeah, actually yeah. followed Sam Harris from the long time ago. Yeah, yeah. He did the one with uh, Scott Reitz from the LAPD. That's a good one. Yeah. And I like the Tim Ferriss one with Josh Waitzkin. He's got a couple with him. Josh Waitzkin's really uh, – he's a jiu-jitsu player. Mm-hmm. He's a world champion chess guy. Okay. And uh, just just has an interesting attitude about stuff. Yeah. Makes me feel like uh, – you know, there's a lot more to learn out there about things. He wrote a book called The Art of Learning. Anyways, that's a that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, Joe Scott, Rogan. Scott Reitz. So much of what Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan is always worth listening to. Yeah. And, and it's weird. Like, I pretty much with Joe, I listen to the people if I know the person that he's got on there. Right. And I don't listen to a lot of comedians, right? Because I don't know. I, like, comedians don't make me laugh. That's the weird. Not the weird. That's the good thing about Joe Rogan because he has so many yeah, different I mean. elements of interest. You know, yeah. he's a comedian, he's a jiu-jitsu guy, he's an MMA guy. He's what he does really interest. well is he makes people talk. And he, you know, I've heard him get some criticism for... You know, let's say he's got like a a, a a religious guy on there and he doesn't believe in religion, mm-hmm. but he'll let that person talk about religion and won't like jump on them and get in their face and say, no, but that's part of what makes it cool is like, he's just trying to learn, man. He's not trying to confront people, right. you know, he's just trying to learn. And I think that's, I think all those people do that for, for the most part. Yeah. Um, they're people that are interested in learning and they're they're trying to figure stuff out themselves and so yeah. i think it's cool that that jill rogan's not getting in somebody's face about something they don't believe in. i mean not that he doesn't disagree with people sometimes right. yeah fully. so that's that listen to some podcasts and and you know the other thing about this is like we're putting out one podcast a week mm-hmm. and that i don't even know if that's sustainable yeah um only because of time I mean, it, the, the amount of time that it takes to prepare a podcast, in the beginning, it was pretty easy for me because I was doing a bunch of books that I already read. I already yeah. read them. Oh, yeah. I just crack them open. And most of those books I went well read. I mean, yeah. about face. I already had that thing outlined and highlighted. Yeah. Um, last 100 Yards, already. I mean, a bunch of those beginning books were already done. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until like... the until everyone on Twitter started telling me, hey, check out this book. And now I'm all right. of a sudden reading books I've never seen before. Mm. And I got to read the book. And what I do is I read it and I go through and highlight it. And somebody asked me this question too, like, how do you prep? So I read the book. I go through, I highlight the whole thing of what I think is impactful, what I think is important. But then once you read it, you can't just, it just doesn't, um, it, it, you just don't pick it up and read the highlighted parts in order because that doesn't always make sense. And it also doesn't always have the, it doesn't make, people think it doesn't make me think about what I want to think about. It doesn't have the impact that I want it to have. So once I have it highlighted, then I have to go through and plus I'll highlight, you know, let's say I highlight half the book. Well, then you're not going to read half the book. So then I got to go in and figure out what really is important. And then from there, I got to organize it in the way that the timeline that I'm actually going to read it aloud and then make notes about, whatever comments I have about it as I'm reading it, because that's sort of, that's sort of why I'm doing it because I want to comment about what I'm reading because otherwise people just go buy the book and read the book yourself. But I'm trying to give my perspective on some of it. And so that's challenging. And, um, and then the other weird thing is like, I, I've met, I I meet people all the time because I travel all the time. I go to events and, and speak and companies that I'm working with and, a lot of times the people that are there that are totally into the podcast, they're not even caught up. They're, yeah. they're not caught up with the podcast. And they're like, hey, I'm almost caught up. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. Oh, I fell behind because I, I, I blah, 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 blah. And I, I'm, I'm only on 26 right now. 
And so sometimes I think, well, maybe people are just, we're just turning out at such a high rate. Right. But fast. then there's some people that I've talked to as, as I think about like, well, maybe I need to slow down a little bit. And I've talked to some of the, some of the people that I work with and people that listen to podcasts that are into it. And I say like, you know, we might go down to, you know, once every two weeks. And, and it's like I just <laughs> smacked them in the face. They're like, right, no, right. no, no, yeah. no, no. You know, I think it'd be, you know. You. But sometimes I also feel that if I had more time, that I would be able to do a better job. Like maybe that's something I need to weigh as well. Um, and if you think about like hardcore history, that guy, Dan Carlin, is he just makes people, he tortures people, making them wait. Yeah. And it make you wait and wait and wait. And um so I don't know. Maybe we maybe we need to go to once every two weeks. Maybe I just need to suck it up and just keep doing I don't know, maybe I don't know yet. But um Yeah. With the one thing that's good about all these other podcasts is that gives you an opportunity to go listen to something else. It's true. Or you go back and re listen. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I we guess will we'll see. see. <laughs> I'm sure we might get some feedback on that one. Yeah. So if people think if you out there thinks you'd be okay with us going every two weeks. Yeah. Or I, if it's going to ruin your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause it probably takes 15 to 20 hours. Now I'm a slow reader. Um, I'm a slow reader. So when I'm reading a book, it's, it's, I read at the same pace that I talk. Now, when I'm on the podcast, I'm talking a little bit slower than I normally talk, but when I'm reading, I'm reading about the pace I'm speaking right about now. Right. This is just a normal, and what's good about it, and I learned this in college when I read, and I'm reading at this pace, I remember just about everything that I read. Mm. If I read fast, a la Tim Ferriss and speed reading, I don't re retain the same amount. Mm. And so I read slow, I absorb, I'm thinking about it, I'm making some notes, so to get through a book, it takes 10, 15 hours. Right. So then you get through with that. Now you got to go back through it again and decide what the actual the actual script timing that you're going to read it. Right, right. So now I'm like marking up the book and I'm going back and I'm writing the page numbers and I'm tabbing it out. That takes a few hours, three hours. Yeah. And so by the time it's all said and done, you know, you're talking about 20 hours, 15 to 20 hours to prep. And... Yeah. Every single week. Every single week. Like today or yesterday I got done prepping for this podcast or actually I got done prepping for the, the, the four hours in my lay. As soon as I got done, I literally picked it up, picked it up. I stood up at my bookshelf and I started looking, okay, what's going, what's coming next? Cause I want to start reading it now. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. But that's the, the Jocko preparedness. Yeah. You know, hyper preparedness, attribute. right? Yeah. Hyper preparedness, and also it's because when, like I said earlier, when somebody presses play on the podcast, I want them to, I want them to be getting a piece of quality material. Right, right. I'm not going to turn out something that's just, that's just crap. Right. I would rather not do it at all. I'd rather shut down right. and take a six month break or a lifelong break and never do it again Damn. than just start turning it out for no reason. Bro, you or, escalated that real quick. Yeah, and I know, lifelong but break. you know why? You know why I did that? Because I have to maintain that attitude of yeah. like, it, 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 like I'm not doing this. I'm doing this because I want to do it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. I'm doing this because I want to do it, and if I don't want to do it, then I'm not going to do it. Right. And it is. I mean, like I said, I like 
to hit I like to hit play on a podcast and be like, okay, this is it. Just like sitting down to listen to great music or anything like that. That the podcast for me is like that. It's like reading a great book. It's like watching a great movie. It's sitting down, pressing play and going, Okay, this is gonna have impact on me. And so I wanna turn something out like that. I don't want to turn out second rate stuff. I want to turn out something legit. Yep. And if I if I fail to do that, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Um at least now I, I'm saying if I was failed to do it but I was trying my hardest, okay, I might continue cuz I'm trying and I'm making but if I was failing to do it cuz I wasn't putting the effort into it, then I'm not going to do it cuz that's I think I think that my personal expectations and the expectations that people have when they press play they want to get something good. Yeah. They want to get some quality. They want to learn something. They want to. They want to enter into the game. Whereas, if they start pressing play and they hear garbage, man, I don't want them to hear that, and I don't want to be that. That's not my gig. My gig is going hard, putting out hard, and putting out something that that people want to listen to because it helps them. Not doing it just to do it. That's yeah. not my thing. Yeah, and if you start slipping in that regard, right, you can smell it from a mile away, man. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though. One thing I have realized when I first started, I thought, oh, well, I don't know. You know, there's only so many books, you know, that I could actually do. Because I'm, I'm thinking books that had impact on me, real legit impact. Yeah. There wasn't some huge list. Right. But as soon as I started going down the path, now I realize that there's literally, I could, I could, I'm not going to be able to do in my lifetime all the books I want to do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not, especially when you start kind of enlisting other people to make suggestions. You're oh, like, which people Dang. are enlisted though. Every trooper out there is sending me two or three books and saying, Hey, check this out. My, my Amazon bill, click through to Jocko podcast, click through to Amazon. <laughs> we got it going on because half yep. that money's from me because <laughs> I'm ordering books all the time. When somebody says, Hey, check this book out. I don't have time to play around. You know what I do? I just order it. I yeah. just click through, order it on Amazon. Yeah, I need. I'm literally, literally getting a new bookshelf in my house Dang. because I've got so many books piling up. And yeah, that to me, what's good about it? I love this guy. Now, this is another thing, and I told you this early on because early on you said, "Hey, you know," it was like three weeks into it. You're like, "Hey, I don't know if we're gonna be able to keep up this pace." And I said, "You know what? I like this grind. I want right. to be maxed out. I want to have the pedal down." And you know what? I want to be going hard. And I think the people that listen to the podcast are people that are going hard in their perspective lives. They're going, they're, they're working hard. They're making things happen. They're being aggressive. And that's what I'm doing here. That's what we're doing here. And so I think that's why it resonates with some people. And there's some people that are listening to this that know that they got to step it up a little bit, you know, and that also is a good thing. I don't think there's too many people that are like Jocko, get your, get your, get it together. You need to get your game on. They know I'm bringing my A game, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm bringing my A game, and, and people know that. But the day that I can't bring my A game, then a couple things. Maybe it's time, okay, you know what? I need more time because I don't want to turn out crap, mm-hmm. or I don't do it anymore, or we do it whenever. But the, I like being driven. I like a deadline. I learn a lot from the podcast, from from getting ready for it. Because you got to remember, I read a book. So you got a little bit by listening to an hour of me talking about a book. I read a book. I absorbed it. I highlighted it. I outlined it. I researched it. I looked up and I look up, oh, that general, he sounds like an interesting guy. Let me just do a real quick fact check to see if there's anything in the behind the scenes I need to tell about him. Oh, you know what? There's a poem that's related to this. I'm digging out poems that I didn't know, didn't understand. 
yeah. and reviewing them. So all these little things that, you know, and, and who knows? I mean, does this, should this be the full-time job? I've, I don't know, you know? And by the way, the whole time that I'm doing this, I got a business, you know, with Leif that we're traveling and working with companies. I got other books in the hopper that I'm writing currently, and I have to spend time doing that which I'm super pumped about those as well. But like those, that takes time. So yeah. Dang. But, but again, you know what? Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. I'm going to jump in there. I'm going to answer your Twitter questions. I'm going to deliver some podcast. Yeah, boy, and make it happen. (sighs) Some people choose to get after it. Red line. And we encourage that. Red line. That's what I'm talking about. Red line this bad boy. Speaking of redlining, next question. Please mm-hmm. discuss how discipline equals freedom can and should apply to one's financial life. Thanks. From all us <laughs> Uh Obviously, if you want to be financially free, you got to have financial discipline. That's just the way it is. So here's, it's, it's just simple, not easy. Save your money. Boom. Yeah. That's number one. Don't buy an, exp- here's one. Don't buy an expensive car until you own a piece of property. That's just a basic rule. Interesting. Yep. If you're driving a Mercedes um, S-Class from 2015. Is that a good one? The S? It's, it's a very good one. Yeah. It's a very good one. But it's also $120,000. Mm. But if you're living, if you're renting, the wrong move. Mm. Sell that thing and buy a piece of property. Mm. A car is a depreciating asset. A property is a property is an appreciating asset. Try and put your money into your appreciating assets. Spend less than you earn. Boom. Stay off the credit cards. Boom. Invest your money in something. I like to invest money in me. <laughs> in things that I'm going to do. That's what I want to do. Yeah, I, I, I want to invest money in things that I know and understand and what better do I know and understand than, than things that I'm doing for yeah. people that I know or things that I'm involved with. Yeah. So that's what you got to do. You want to, you want to get your money taken care of. You want to, you want to have financial freedom. You got to just have the financial discipline. That's, that's all there is to it and work hard, you know, work hard, make things happen. But your, your major gains you know, most people don't become rich by their salary, right? They become, they, be, they, they earn their wealth, they gain their wealth through bigger things like buying properties. You know, we got a jiu-jitsu player at the, at the academy, a girl, and, you know, a year ago, she was kind of talking to me about, oh, well, you know, you know, she just got married and blah, 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 and we started talking. I said, you, you, you know, she said, well, the thing about moving, I got this condo. And I was like, we started talking about buying properties and boom, she disclosed on a, like a four, four unit property in San Diego. And the day she got the keys, she was making $400 a month. She went from paying $1,900 a month in mortgage. The day she made, she got the keys. All of a sudden that she rented that place out. She's got three units. She's living in the crappiest unit and she's got those things rented out and now she's making $400 a month. So that's a, that's a delta of what? $2,300 a month in the black. Yep. That's impressive. Yeah. And it took her a year to get done, but she did it. 
And now I said, I, she's like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm like, that's cool. Start saving. Start saving for your next property. Yeah. I'm like, the market's going to take a downturn. You got to be ready. If it doesn't, if it does, but you got to be ready to make that next move. So start saving your money. Start paying that thing down. Start saving your money. Start saving that next down payment. That's where your wealth gets established is in these long-term strategic moves that you make. And you know, I'm no financial expert, but you don't have to be a financial expert to know to save your money, to spend less than you earn. Um, and, and property to me is a good thing to invest in. It does go up and down. You know, and there's a lot of people that got crushed in the in the market downturn in 2007, in 2008. And I was in the military, so I was buying houses, and I didn't even know that the market downturned. It didn't matter to me because I had a steady job, and I just bought those properties just to just to have properties. I wasn't buying them to flip them and sell them and all that. No, I was just like, okay, in some some time in the future, somebody's gonna be paying me rent, and it's gonna go in my pocket, and that sounds like a good plan to me because <laughs> they're not making any more real estate by the beach, right? Mm. Um, so if, so, yeah. I'm not a financial genius. Talk to somebody that is smart. Talk to somebody that understands finances, but save your money, spend less than you earn. Don't be renting. If don't be renting a place, if you're buying an out, buying a Mercedes S class right. or a seven series or a Range Rover, yeah. buy a little piece of property, buy a little thing, yep. buy a little thing. Don't, don't just, just go buy that little something. Get in there, get yeah. it started. Yeah, man. I like this invest in yourself. Yeah. Because, and investing yourself, yeah. that's a, such a broad term, right? Mm -hmm. It's such a, and actually it's kind of started to become like a little, like a cliche catchphrase, investing mm -hmm. yourself. But if you really think about that, you, yeah, you invest in yourself. You don't go buy, you know, so, uh, I used to work in the nightclub industry, mm -hmm. right? So I'm, and I'm now, I'm looking with my mindset now, looking back at the people I used to deal with. Mm -hmm. I used to be, see people come in there every weekend. And spend a lot of money. I don't know. Maybe mm -hmm. some of them are already are rich, or, or but I know that if that's what you're spending your money on, you're going out and essentially just buying drinks, mm -hmm. buying nightclubs. Yes, there's no essential. You know, that's what you're doing. Yeah, you're, you're throwing. <laughs> thinking back, like thinking back five years ago, you spent all your money, not all your money, but you spent yeah. a bunch of money on yeah. drinks. And what you have literally nothing to show for it, and in most cases, you're, there's it's going to mess you up in in one way. Yep. You're going to do something you regret or whatever potentially. So think of that same five years and be like, dang, what if I started these two things that, in my you know prediction, is going to help me in five mm -hmm. years? And let's say you did that five years ago, and you did it. I don't know. You even practice it like an hour a day, whatever it is, even just improving your knowledge on economy or something i don't know anything anything that improves your knowledge five years later you could you could be essentially an expert at it absolutely so now now just consider now what is it that you should have got into because you probably have a handful of interests mm -hmm. that are pretty cool to you even if it's like playing guitar i don't know whatever but if you can make it something that you can anticipate in five years it's gonna be your if you're talking about financial stuff it's gonna help you make money mm. didn't do, do that. It. Do that yeah. thing. Don't. And I, I, I harp on reality TV a lot, but I think it kind of deserves it because you don't learn much reality TV. Yet you lost like that hour. Mm -hmm. And if you spent that hour, and really you could kind of even keep watching reality TV if you want, but just spend that one hour doing something that you anticipate. If you're really good at, it would help you financially. Do that thing for one hour, and then I like it. One day is going to come. You're going to think back. Oh, just the same way I'm thinking back of the five years ago. 
I mean, in my case, it was more than five years ago. But just the same way I'm thinking back of those people at the nightclub industry, the same way I'm thinking back about that, you're going to be thinking back at yourself and you'll be like, dang, I'm so happy I got into that, you know? Yeah. And there's all kinds of things you could have done. I mean, I look at the money I wasted over the years in the bars. It's ridiculous. You know, yep. being a young seal out getting after it with the boys Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and the Sunday. That's yeah. how we used to roll. Yeah. That's how we used to roll. And it was just, hey, we'd show up. I'm the richest guy in the world. Yeah. I have all the money that I ever need and I can buy whatever I want. That's what yeah. every night was like. Yeah. So not wise. Don't do that. Yeah. And I'll even... I'll Go out, have some fun. It's cool. You can still kind of right. do. I'm just saying, think of that. Yeah, think of what you're doing right now, and you're because for these people and for these people I was talking about back when I used to work in the nightclub industry, they are really technically they are committed to spending their money, committed to it. Yeah. If you're doing something to every single week for years, you're committed to it. So just take one of those hours yeah, or take maybe 10% of that money that you're spending or 25%, all of it, whatever, and put it in something that you anticipate. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, I mean, invest in yourself is like actually build something, actually build a little company, you know, make something. That's what, that, that's what I was meant. You've got another perspective, which is also very viable and makes just as much sense. I was literally talking about. You know, from your perspective, oh, you like guitars? Cool. Figure out how to make a cool guitar stand at your house, you know, and then see if you can get that thing produced. And then, oh, it's really good. Maybe we start running production. Let's do that. That is infinitely, not only, not only will you possibly end up with a, some kind of a product that sells, mm -hmm. but you'll have learned something. You've had fun. You created something for the world. You've, you've learned the lessons that you learned about building it and getting after that. That's all going to be worthwhile as well. Yep. So there's no, this, this, I'm not saying this, um, with regards to that, you're going to come up with this product and you're going to get rich. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. But can you use that to build knowledge? Can you use that to gain experience that will then compound with other things in your life and eventually make you financially free because you had that discipline? Absolutely. Answers, yes. <laughs> yep. Next question. Does micromanaging ever work? Well, yes. And, and more importantly, does it work? Yes, sometimes it works. And more importantly, sometimes you have to micromanage. Um, so you get somebody that isn't good at their job, doesn't do a good job, doesn't show up, doesn't run things right. Of course, you know how you fix them? You got to get in there and micromanage. Well, first of all, you can't do mission failure, so you got to get in there and micromanage. Once you're done micromanaging or, or once you've got them up to speed, then you can stop micromanaging. This is, this is totally good to go. And even if you ask Leif or you know the other platoon commanders that work for me or assistant platoon commanders that work for me, if when we st when they got to know me when they met me I was micromanage master because I'm in their grill hey this you got to do this no come over here a little bit no and wouldn't give me any slack but then as soon as I see that they get it of course then it's like okay you got this mm. you got this and I'm gonna I'm gonna macro manage and barely manage and let mm. them run with it and so that's that's absolutely micromanagement is sometimes it's a necessity mm. and 
by the way, if you're getting micromanaged, that's a little bit of a red flag. Sure, you might have somebody that's a control freak that is a compulsive micromanager, and that sucks. But you also might have somebody that doesn't trust you yet. And so how do you build up their trust? Is it by hiding from them? No, it's by being open and being like, hey, boss, here's what I'm going to do. You actually send them more information than they could even want. You show them how responsible you are. You show them what a handle you have on the situation, and that's how you can help overcome the micromanager. But if someone's not doing what they're supposed to do or they're failing or they're, they're letting you down, then yeah, you got to get in their grill and micromanage them. The other time, that, and I sort of said this, is when you're mentoring someone, that can also be viewed as micromanagement. Because now I'm sitting side by side, I might be breathing down your neck a little bit, and that might be viewed as micromanagement. But again, sometimes it's necessary. If you don't know the ropes yet, I got to show you the ropes. That means I got to sit by you and make sure you know it. Um, teaching. So if you're teaching somebody something in a work environment, that can also be viewed as micromanagement. And it actually is. Because you're saying, hey, put this over here. Put that over here. Wait. Back off. Let me do this. No, no, you don't know how to do it. So I got to show you how to do it. I'm teaching you how to do it. So... There's that, and and then that's teaching, and then sometimes you got to show people how to do it. And I told that long story in here one time where I just said, hey, you sit and watch how I'm going to run this squad. And I ran the squad and got fired up and told people where to go and moved on the line, and the platoon commander looked at me and said, okay, I can do that. And as soon as he saw it one time, he got it. So that's sometimes micromanagement is okay. The thing is you don't want to get stuck in the rut of micromanagement. So if I mentor you, if I teach you, if I instruct you, if I show you the way, doesn't mean stay there and keep micromanaging because you're not doing your job. You shouldn't have the capability or the capacity to micromanagement to micromanage everybody that works for you. If you have that ability, you're not doing your job. You're not looking up the chain of command. You're not looking out. Your troopers, your subordinate leadership should be stepping up and leading, and you should expect that of them. And if you have to micromanagement, it should be a chore that you don't like doing. And when you get in there and you micromanage for a certain amount of time, then you say, okay, you got this. You, you know, I'm, I'm stepping back. Mm-hmm. And then you got to step back because no one likes to be micromanaged. So once you get people up to speed, step back, let them run, let your leaders lead. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes those people who who like to micromanage, or they feel compelled to, mm-hmm. it, they can fall in that trap where where let's say they do need to micromanage and they'll get that payoff of oh yeah I see this guy kind of getting it, but instead of understanding the the full scope of things where oh he's getting it now I I need to I don't need to manage as much, they'll be like they'll still start chasing that payoff of them getting it with their little micromanagement, yeah. you know, so they'll like constantly need that payoff. Yep. Some people, now that you mentioned, some people micromanage because their ego, mm-hmm. they want to, they want to exercise. They want to do two things, exercise their power over the person mm-hmm. or, or show off their knowledge yeah. to the person. Yeah. So those two are just such a pain. Yeah. They're such a pain, but you know what? What do you do? Okay, cool. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to be ahead of you. I'm going to get better at this and we're going to move on. Yeah, that that showing off knowledge thing. That 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 it's in a micromanagement situation it seems like oh, okay, it's obvious you shouldn't do that and and you could probably see it from a mile away, but but just in everyday life, that's a compelling thing to want to show people. You ever you ever hear someone telling you something that you already know and you mm-hmm. just want to tell them, "Bro, I already know. I know. Mm-hmm. I know." You know? Like you don't have to explain it to me. When really, when you really kind of search your own feelings, it's it's not that they're wasting your time. It's kind of that you just want to let them know that I have that knowledge. Don't <laughs> worry about. You know what I mean? But I see that all the time. I feel that all the time. Mm-hmm. Just gotta like bite your tongue, grin and bear it. 
but I think that's that's a real compelling like want, desire, you know, to to show, hey, I already know that, or look how much I know, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, people definitely like that. It's it makes them feel good. Yeah. Look at what I know. Yep. Last question, Jocko. Focus in a battle is easy. How do you keep focus in a long war? I.e., long-term goals. Well, that 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 can definitely be true. It can be pretty easy to focus on the battle that's right in front of your face. And when you're doing that, sometimes you can lose track of the the long-term goal. But I want to have that that long-term goal so embedded in my mind that I never lose sight of it, ever. And those little tasks and projects and short-term goals that you tackle, they need to lead toward that strategic victory, winning the long war. And we get very caught up in instant gratification. We want results now. We want the shortcut to the winner's podium. (laughs) And sometimes, you know, when we don't get that short-term glory that we want, we lose track of those long-term goals. And you you look up in, in six weeks or in six months or in six years and you've made no progress. None. You never moved. You, you might even be further from your goal than you were. Why? Why did you let that happen? It's because you lost sight of that long-term goal. And at some point, after you lose sight of that goal and years have gone by, you think to yourself, maybe I can't. Maybe I can't do it. And so you give up. You let it fade. And you settle. You settle for mediocrity. You settle for average. You settle for, oh well. But no. No. Don't do that. Embed that long-term goal in your mind. Burn it into your soul. Think about it and write about it and talk about it and hang it up on your wall. But most important, do something about it. Do something about it every day, every day. Do something that moves you toward that goal, that keeps the goal alive and in sight and in focus. However, however small or insignificant that step might seem, take it, do it, do that little piece. 
Make it happen. Because that goal isn't going to achieve itself. It's all on you. And I think that's all I've got for tonight, which means it's time to wrap it up. Echo, what else do we have? We have the important fact that if you're into supplements, these are supplements that we, I'm going to speak for you for a second, we recommend. It's on it supplements. Specifically, krill oil for your joints. Mm -hmm. And shroom tech for, what does it do? It... Metcon performance. Yeah, I would say. it uh, it in a nutshell kind of boiled down. It's it it helps you utilize oxygen consumption, which is a good thing. Yes, performance side very much so. And yes, it does work. Ask anyone who's ever taken it. Um, and then uh, what? Where are your bar? That's a good one. Mm. Yeah. And by the way, if you if you do get these items that are going to help you, you'll also be helping us here on the podcast, your boy. Yep. And you'll get helped discount-wise if you go on it.com slash Jocko, 10% off. Nice. If you didn't already nice. know. That's a good one. Anyway, there's a lot of good stuff on there. Supplements. Um, you can read about them. You can read about the quality. It's Some it's gear good. and equipment on there as well. Yeah. Get yourself some zombie bells. Yeah, if you want. <laughs> yeah, on it.com slash Jocko, 10% off all supplements. Um, or before you do Amazon shopping. If you shop at Amazon, which I think we all do, before that, before you go to Amazon.com, go to JockoPodcast.com and then click on the Amazon link. It's like a little affiliate thing. Beautiful. Click on that, to... you can support uh, Jocko Podcast. That's a beautiful thing. Shopping. Easy. Easy, too. Really easy. Trust me. I've done it before. <laughs> and then um, JockoStore.com. That's where if you if you like sh- you know shirts and apparel in regards to this podcast, it's good. Some good ones, I think. Speaking of which... If you didn't already know, we have the Trooper one, which is kind of new. It's the new stuff, if you're on YouTube. Anyway. Yep. That's just Trooper. like the Jocko Podcast t-shirt. Yeah, you know. There, and there's, there's no doubt what that t-shirt is. Yeah, Because no it doubt. says Jocko Podcast yeah, right it does. on it. Yep, it's true. <laughs> and, you know, there's I put layers. I try to put these different layers on the, the apparel. It's not just, ooh, Jocko Podcast, you know. So There's a little something more to it. Right, right. So there, I'm not going to say what it is for this one, but there's another layer to it. So if you want, yeah, JockoStore.com if you want to look at it and just, just evaluate it. You like it? Go ahead and get it. That's a good way to support the podcast. Yes, very much so. Or if you like the discipline equals freedom, mm-hmm. that one, which we talked about today. What, what, is, the, what is sort of the, the most popular of the t-shirts? It goes in waves. Mm. So... I'd say, generally speaking, discipline equals freedom. Is the is the solid seller? Yeah, and that makes sense because, again, like that's the, the mantra. Yeah, and and that's not. It seems like oh, it's kind of intriguing as of a thing. Like discipline equals freedom is kind of counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. when you really think about it, I don't know. It's kind of impactful. I think. I think it's a good impactful. thing to, to live by. Anyway, I agree with you. Nonetheless, so maybe that's why I don't know. And then um. The good one is kind of cool. Mm. I think that one's more festive, you know. 
but yeah, there's a few on there, some stickers and some mugs as well. If um, but yeah, if you go on there, jockostore.com, like I said, um, and you know whichever one you like, go get with that it. one. Yeah, go with it. Appreciate the support. Yep. Well, you can also support the podcast by by hitting us up on the interwebs. Echo is at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocko Willink. That's on Twitter, on the Facebooky, and even on Instagram. I primarily respond on the Twitter if you have a question. But I do look at the other ones as well. Uh, so thanks for supporting that way. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for spreading the word. But most of all, thanks for staying focused on those long-term goals that you have, those dreams that you got. And for keeping those in mind as you go out there and get after it. And so until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.